What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Sofa Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Tyler Jewell, joined as always by my best friend, Reed Dank. Reed, how are you doing today? Good, brother. How are you? Doing good. Excited to talk some football. We finally got our first week in the books. It was, I think it was a week filled with some lackluster games and then a couple of really good games sprinkled in there. What'd you think overall of week one? So it was a slow start, but as their games went on, I thought it was actually very, very, turned out to be a very fun week with a couple matchups I really enjoyed um, watching, especially in the Sunday slate, having the Lions out of the way. Victory Friday is absolutely crazy. I can't tell you the last time we heard that. It's been a couple of years at this point, at least. But uh, yeah, no, I, I mean, it was just fun to be a passive fantasy observer slash, you know, just, just fan watching games. That was kind of an enjoyable week. I know I won't get that luxury with the Lions playing on Sunday. And, um, you know, also mix that in with some family fantasy and fantasy with you guys, my boys. So for sure. I mean, you guys were able to kick off the week with a win. You go into the weekend, no stress. You just get to watch football, have fun. And I think that it was, I mean, overall, it was a pretty good game. And you went into Arrowhead and just took care of business. And I thought that that's where we would be starting out today. But an even bigger story developed. I think that, you know, it's what everybody's talking about. The Jets go ahead and beat the Bills, which is what should be highlighted. But instead, four plays into the game, Aaron Rodgers goes down with an injury that at first doesn't really seem that bad. He stands up and then he goes to the ground. And I think all of America was just in shock because I know everybody was watching that game, wanting to see what Aaron Rodgers would do with the Jets. I believe that the Jets team had the most hype out of any team in recent memory, probably. And I think that like the Lions had a lot of hype going into the season, but the amount of hype that the Jets had going into the season, signing these guys and then hard knocks, it was just through the roof. And everybody wanted to see if we were going to get the MVP Aaron Rodgers from a couple years ago, or if we were going to get the Green Bay Aaron Rodgers from last year. And he goes down with this injury right off the bat. I mean, what's your instant reaction when you see him go down and then you see him go into the tent, get into the cart? Like, what are you thinking? It looked like it was just a, a fall, right? Play looked like it was a fall. Looks like he went down. Sure, he's going to get up. And he, in fact, did not get up. So what, what I took away from this is it was a, it was a rough tackle. Uh, the, the lineman who wound up tagging him really, really is a monster. That guy's a tank. I, I didn't. I didn't do my my homework on how just strength based this guy is, but oh my god, he's a tank coming at you like a freight train. Looks like Aaron's gonna get up, and then I, uh, you know, he kind of does this rocking chair, sit back and lean thing, and then I saw him not get back up the rest of the time. So it was it was already for starters a, a rough looking injury, but but the more we started to understand what what had actually happened. We went from questionable for out for the game, so fine. You know, we'll we'll, we'll take the uh, we'll take the him sitting out and Zach Wilson win under our rink, and then it starts to come out yesterday that everything has gone completely lopsided and he's out, you know, and injured, and this this is an end of the year type injury. So I think everyone's instant reaction is, you know, he'll get up. It looks like he's just sitting down to, oh my gosh, he's out for the game, and now oh my god, he's out for the year. I, I couldn't believe it. If you would have told me before the season started that we would not see Aaron Rodgers throw a completion in a New York Jets jersey this year, I wouldn't have believed you. That just seems absolutely impossible. And then you see him after the injury happens, he stands up and he's just looking. Do you think that he knew that that happened? I mean, I'm sure you saw the video. You could see that maybe something had snapped. It looked like the video was kind of nasty, but... Like, do you think he was just trying to take it in for one last second? Or do you think maybe maybe he thought it wasn't that serious? What do you think was going through his mind when he was just standing there for those couple seconds before he went down? Well, I think I think he knew something was wrong, clearly. I, I tweaked something. I don't know. I think when you're so under duress and pressure of a game, you don't really think about the the stop and the adrenaline boost of, of playing a football game as an NFL player. So when you, when you kind of see that initial reaction, I think everyone's – First thought is clip to the leg, you know, let, let him give a minute to just get himself up and get himself back to work and, and, and at least take that pause. But after that post post him standing up, sitting down, just, just kind of cradling the leg. I was like, well, you know, listen, this, that'll be a rough injury, but, but he'll recover. And then, oh my God, he's, you know, like I said, 
out for the year is not anything Jets fans want to hear, and nor are they really ready to hear because now we're back in the threshold of Zach Wilson at starter, um, elite quarterback Joe Flacco potentially making a return. Yes, you know, uh, and so on and so forth. I've even heard um, some rumors of Cap wanting to wanting to train oh or at goodness. least get some stuff in on on the Jets and. And listen, if it's a viable return, then then why not, right? I, I you know we'll see we'll see what winds up happening with this scenario. But all around, very unfun fun thing for Rogers. The fans were so pressed and excited. His jersey sales over the summer were through the roof. That team had something to really look forward to. Sucks he don't. But I will always praise the word of Brees Hall. And oh my God, is he a mutant? Yeah, we need to get into the game a little bit more. I don't want to hone too much on the Aaron Rodgers thing because obviously that's just what everybody's talking about. But I have one last thought, and it's actually a credit to you. You you almost called this because when we heard this news was going to break, not that he would get injured. You didn't call that, but because we'd never wish that upon anyone. Nor did I, no, as you say, nor did I want him to go down. But when this news was being broke that Aaron Rodgers might possibly go to the New York Jets. We did a podcast with Tone. Tone's a big Jets fan. And we were talking about the Jets and this possibility and what might happen. And you said the offensive line needs to hold up. The offensive line doesn't look good. And, you know, that's that's their biggest weakness right now. If they were to get Aaron Rodgers, they get Aaron Rodgers. And then four plays into the game, the offensive line isn't holding up. And he got pressured on his other drop back. I don't remember if it was Two, two other dropbacks before that or whatever it was, but he got pressured on the other one. Then he gets pressured again. The guy has a free run at him, and now he's out for the season. Well, not only is he out for the season, but, I mean, oh, my gosh, is that just an awful way to go down? So doing some some looking, I mean, they are, they are as in the Jets, are one of the worst pass-protecting teams in the entire league. And we can only go off of game one, I know. But if we look at last year and, and factor into this year, it's still just – pretty on par with how bad it was last year, right? Just through one game, one single game. And and the the Rogers injury only highlights it. And and we can even go as to as far as Zach Wilson, right? I mean, all the pressures he had on him, no coverage. I'm not I'm not going to sit here and defend Zach Wilson's play level ever. It, it, he is not a good quarterback. But I will defend him and say that the offensive line in that game helped Rogers and Wilson zero. Zero. In fact, I believe the passing protection rate among teams is like the third worst in the league to Pittsburgh as the worst in the league, which is no surprise, right? Like Kenny, Kenny got murdered too. That was a crazy game. You brought up Zach Wilson. That's definitely something that I would like to talk about for a minute today. Overall, I mean, the game, the Jets go ahead and beat the Bills 22 to 16. It was really after the injury, it, I just, you could feel the air was just sucked out of the stadium. I mean, I was feeling a type of way. I was like, I don't know how to explain it. It was just like a sad shock. I'm not even sure, but I mean, overall, Josh Allen looked like the Josh Allen that I think we've seen every year. And he, he gets all this credit, all this hype, but he turns the ball over a lot out of his draft class. He's turned it over way more than anybody else. Um, he had three interceptions, two fumbles last night. They did recover one of them, but I think he gets really greedy and he wants to make these amazing throws. He doesn't take what's given to him. And at the end of the game, he did what he does, though. He made these mistakes, but at the end of the game, he takes his team down. They get a field goal that dings off the upright. It was amazing. I thought I thought it was a miss. And it feels like the Bills are going to end up winning this thing. They get the ball first in overtime. They punt it. And boom, Jets rookie, Xavier Gibson, 65-yard return. Maybe there should have been a flag on one of those blocks. I don't know. It doesn't matter now. The Jets won. Some of the takeaways from this game, I mean, it just just was a big shock. So, I mean, you got to see almost a full game of Zach Wilson. What do you think? How much confidence do you have in him? Zero. Uh, I think I made that pretty, pretty clear to tone. Um, Rogers is absolutely an upgrade, but either way this goes down, it doesn't matter. You don't have a good pass protect. So what do you expect is going to happen when you pass the ball, right? When, when your O-line is beat off the line, I, you know, it's, it's about what you'd expect, right? I cannot stress enough how much they need to work on their passing, pass blocking. It, it, it is so beyond atrocious. It almost felt, I almost felt bad for Zach Wilson. I almost felt bad for him until I found that they would come to find that they would win this game. I don't feel bad for him, but you know. Why'd they not run the ball more? Just like the Giants the other night. 
I don't want to get off on a tangent, but both of those teams, you have great running backs. At the beginning, it was a tight game for the Giants. Why Why not run the ball more? Why not stick with it? Why Why keep passing? But I think I have a lot of thoughts about Zach Wilson. And I'll, I'll, I'll give you what I think, and you can tell me if you agree or not. I think that overall, this team has a lot of hype. I think this defense is so good. I think if the team can rally around Zach Wilson as their quarterback, it's not going to be to the same extent they did with Aaron Rodgers. I mean, I'm not sure if you saw Hard Knocks, but they were yeah. basically worshiping him and they'd do anything for him. So if he could get this team to play for him, rally behind them as their QB, as you know, the, the most important player on the field, last season they play a game against the Patriots. Three to three, the game is, into the fourth quarter. At the end of the game, fourth quarter, Patriots return a punt, score a touchdown, game over, the Patriots win. And afterwards, there's the interview that went viral. Zach Wilson went 9-22 to for that game, threw for 77 yards, no touchdowns, obviously. After the game, reporter asked Zach Wilson, do you feel like you let your defense down, only scoring three points? Immediately, he says no, with a straight face. Nope. And I think right there, you lose, you lose the room. I mean, you're not going to win scoring three points. And their defense held them, to, held them to three points. And obviously, their special team's seven more. So how can you get around the guy? How can you rally around a guy like that that takes no accountability for what he does? But I think that now we've seen a transformation with this team, with Aaron Rodgers getting everybody to rally behind him. Everyone's so excited. Kind of like when Tom went to Tampa, it's just you know, that kind of vibe, but Aaron's not there anymore. Will Zach be able to, you know, put this team on his back and get them to, you know, kind of play for him and play together as a team? I think that, I mean, you saw the recruiting videos of like Sauce and all these guys, like they want Aaron Rodgers and Zach's just pushed to the side. I think that he's a little rejuvenated with Aaron in there. He looked happy. I think that he's got kind of a fresh start, but definitely wasn't expecting to go in the first, you know, first series of the game right right off the bat. I think that he can do it. I think that this team is excited and there's still some hope. You know, how do you feel about that? Yeah, that that's an awesome psalm until you have to watch Zach Wilson play and you realize he's not that person. There's not that leadership. There's not that playability. That offensive line still sucks. Um, and, and I think we're ushering in this era of, veteran quarterbacks in, in a bad system trying to step in and, and, and at least try and take over a system that's, that's damaged and broken. I've already seen reports that the Jets are are dipping into free agent pools or or seeking a trade for a quarterback that's that's you know got reasonable value and they can really go for. Um, so no, I don't think Zach Wilson is the long-term resolve. And a lot of this team is going to revolve around the back of Brees Hall. If he stays healthy, uh, unlike the injury he took last year, which was a devastating blow to Jets fans, that that man is going to carry that team. Bottom line, and even he has some trouble reading offensive lines sometimes. I'm sorry, defensive lines too. He's human, right? It, but mostly, you're going to find that he'll at least break away two or three times in the game, like he did against the Bills. And it, and that's a great Bills defensive line. That is a hard defensive line to crack. I cannot praise him enough. It is not going to be on the quarterback play. It is absolutely going to be on the running back play. No question about it. A hundred percent. Brees Hall played really well, and he had a he ripped off that super long run. I don't know, sixty or eighty yards, something in that in that range. And you could see that he just didn't have the burst yet. Like he's still getting back. But you give him three weeks, maybe four weeks, and that that's gone for a touchdown. And they also have Dalvin Cook back there, which I don't think he showed a whole lot. But obviously, that's going to be a big boost considering Aaron Rodgers isn't there, which I think makes the signing that much more valuable. And the Bills' defense is is good. They lost some pieces, but I think we expect the Bills' defense to still be very good. A lot of storylines from this game, really not what we expected, but somehow the Jets squeak away a win, which should be what we're talking about here. The Jets beat the Bills. The Jets are 1-0, but to your point, I don't think that Zach Wilson is going to be replaced immediately. I think that Zach Wilson is the answer for now, but you know, you give it five weeks and if they win two games, then I think that there could be discussions about a change because obviously they're going to bring in a guy because, you know, they need another quarterback in the room. So we'll see, but if he plays the whole season, we get Zach Wilson on prime time five more times a season. So get ready. Yeah. I'll make a quick, quick side note. My, my, 
looming fear for the Jets is that if they use too much draft capital on a new player, right? You don't want to lose that draft capital if we're kind of quote rebuilding slash not that losing a draft pick is pretty detrimental to to the process. So I don't I don't want to see them waste a pick, but I also don't think that Zach Wilson's the answer. And I also think they need more offensive line help. Nothing feels like it's cemented or rooted in like a winning culture right now. And and that sucks. Let me give you one final question for this and then we'll get to the next. Does Aaron Rodgers come back next season? I believe that he does. Rumors came out today that he will be around the team once he gets healthy and he'll be there to help Zach Wilson. So I think that he's all in. He's got another year left on the contract. He's getting old, but I think that he can recover from this and come back and still be very good. What do you think? Does he come back? I think father time catches the best of us, right? I mean, we're not all supposed to be the most healthy, perfect human beings by the time we're 40 years old, unless your first name is Tom and your last name is Brady. Not all of us can be that level of good. I think the world of him now that he's not in the NFC North, but but man, is it ever hard to come back from an injury like that when you're that old? You know what I mean? I, I think it's going to have looming implications on his playability. And, and listen, if this all works out and comes to fruition where he comes back, this will be a legendary tale. Honest to God, it will. But but by the time you receive a blow to that, you know, like to your leg at that age, that's that's going to hurt you long term in life. You know what I mean? Yep. Sometimes when you're when you're in your 20s and 30s, those things can can pan themselves out just based on how young you are. When you when you have problems like that, when you're about to be 40 next year or two, he's already 39. He's about to be 40. Tyler, let's put that into perspective. It's going to mess with you long term. So. I don't see it. I agree. I think if he comes back, he's definitely a lot more limited, but that return, I mean, the energy that he brought when he walked out of the tunnel with that American flag and then started jogging. I mean, I was feeling a type of way and I'm not a Jets fan. So I cannot imagine him returning, coming out of the tunnel, like what that would be like for Jets fans. I'm sure they would, you know, be pessimistic like normal. That energy was almost Leo Messi to Miami, like right. When, oh, you know, for sure. It's a fresh new face, the the face of the franchise, right? It's it's awesome to see, but it sucks. It's awful. Yeah. Well, let's get on to some good news. What we really want to talk about: the Lions leave Arrowhead with a twenty-one twenty win. Not a super pretty game, but I think that that's the kind of game that Dan Campbell likes to play. You know, hard fought, one in the trenches, gain every every inch, really. And I think that it was a massive win, a big confidence booster. We said at the beginning that this wasn't, I mean, it's week one. It's not a make or break game, but this could do a lot for the confidence of a young Lions team. And they had a lot of hype going into 2023 as well. I think that they responded to that. What are your thoughts on this game? So can I start by saying how awful the national media is in terms of football coverage? Can I just say that? Am I allowed to? How come? Mike Tirico, who I generally like to watch as a commentator, in every sense of the, of the wheel of hockey coverage. He does hockey games. He did hockey with NBC, and I loved him as a commentator for NBC. I loved him as a commentator, um, you know, when doing some college ball games a while back. In fact, he just covered the Michigan-East Carolina game last week, so I had to watch him, and he's a good commentator. I enjoy him. He brings a good energy, but that comment of, of course, there's an asterisk tied to this game. No, there is not an asterisk next to this game. I, I cannot stand the people who are defending the action of Kelsey out and Jones out. There would have been, you know, massive implications and changes. Who cares? Honestly, who cares? They will come back, and if they're good, that's good for them. But you can't give the Lions the merit and credit that they deserve. We have to pander and wonder about what would happen if Kelsey and Jones really were in that game. Are we really going to go there? I, I it's it's almost this double-edged sort of, well, you know, you can be right, but you're kind of wrong in the end of it, right? So you weren't supposed to win that game, but but you also have to understand that even if you did win that game, it doesn't have any implications because Kelsey is just fresh off an injury and, and, and his knee went out in practice and, and Jones is being, you know, in a contract stalemate. I don't care. I don't want to hear it. The excuses are so lame. The Lions won that game because the Lions decided to play a great football game with some errors, with errors, with fumbles, with costly issues and costly mistakes. We still made up for it with an offensive tackle, I might add, who should have been penalized 50 times for the actions that he made. 
50, 5 0. I'm, I mean, I'm obviously exaggerating just to be funny, but it was every play, though. It was every play, it felt like. It, it almost felt that way. And Aiden Hutchinson still found a way to get to Patrick Mahomes six times to get in his face, to, to absolutely be right there to, to get right on him. And Canarius Tony, oh my God, is he the worst wide receiver of all time? And thank gosh the Chiefs are nice and they're not cutting him. Well, this is this is almost too funny because normally me and Reed share a doc and we have all of our notes on the same doc. So I can see his notes, he can see mine, but today we do not. And my next note is Mike Tarico. I wanted to get your thoughts on that. And you had the same exact thought as me because I wanted to talk about this because he, he went ahead and said the asterisk comment, which I thought was really surprising. The, the Lions, at the end of the day, they don't get to pick who the Chiefs have out on the field. And that's Chris Jones's decision for sitting up there with his two agents in a nice booth, eating all the food he wants. By the way, the Guido brothers was the funniest thing ever. Me and my parents are sitting in our living room like, who are these two Guidos? Just, you know, Vito Corleone and his brother. No. Sitting next to each other, it was so as, weird. As Chris Jones watches in a booth, like, are you? What lame is that? That's who he has sitting next to him, like his two agents. It was just weird. Like he's, I get he wants to be there and celebrate the game, and then this week he goes ahead and signs a contract that it's barely bigger than what he was going to get paid this year. I mean, what's going through his head? He goes and watches this game and then sees that his team can't beat the lions, which the lions have a lot of hype and we both think that they're going to be good, but obviously the lions have a lot of teams expect to beat the lions, you know? So w- what's he thinking? And and then for this comment to come out, I mean, at the end of the day, everybody was talking about the, they're playing the lions, but Patrick Mahomes is out there and they're dropping the banner. Patrick Mahomes will get this done. And at the end of the day, like the Lions go ahead and win. And it was it was a great game. And I don't think that that should be there should be an asterisk around it because, you know, so and so didn't play like when the Ravens play the Bengals, Lamar doesn't play. There's no asterisk. The Bengals win like that's what it is. Bengals Twitter is not giving you any any you know free pass or anything i mean that that is what it is you got to play who's out there no the other talk of the town too was was golf's play level i heard everyone in the media talk about golf's play level like we haven't known that he's done a lot of this last year anyways right people like to see and think the way that they think right because people love to see the the patrick mahomes last minute drive i'm sorry i don't i won't say people like that but the media likes that, right? Yeah. The media loves the Patrick Mahomes super long drive that'll get him in the field goal range. And that didn't happen. And you can you can blame it on them, the, the referees finally realizing what was up with the, the offensive tackle. You can blame that on Brian Branch's pick six in, in, in the second half that basically flipped the energy around for the most part. You can blame it on how good of a start David Montgomery was to get a touchdown in his first game in the Lions uniform. You can blame it on how good Monroe St. Brown's catching the end zone was. You can blame it on any number of things that made the Chiefs go lopsided. But I, I don't want to hear a million sob stories about how Kadarius Tony dropping the ball is what made us lose this game. What made us win this game was, was the effort that we put forth against the Chiefs. Uh, and that's really what should be highlighted. I, I heard too much of pandering to Chiefs fans about how with Kelsey there, this this is a completely different game. I'm over that. I'm over that. And so I'm so happy to see that Jared Goff, to some people, to some smart NFL people, coverage, understanding that Jared Goff played the game that he played. Not not an A-plus game, a B or C game, but but it got the win. Right? 100%. It, it, that's, all that should, that's all that should matter in this. Agreed. I mean, you look at Jared's stats, 22 of 35, 253 yards and one touchdown. But I think that the thing that Jared Goff did the best was he didn't turn over the ball and Patrick Mahomes threw a pick six, maybe not all on Patrick, but at the end of the day, you know, that's seven points, six points going the other way, which is the difference in this game. David Montgomery, I don't think the stats really pop off here either. 21 carries for 74 yards, which is less than four yards a carry. But it was just one of those games where you had to grind it out. And it wasn't 20-yard runs on every on every play. You know, I think that they were fighting. And then that touchdown at the end, just, you know, it was just a hard-fought one. And, you know, Jameer Gibbs as well. I guess he was on a limited snap count. They wanted to ease him into it or whatever, but... 
he played really well too. And I expect to see him out there on the field a lot more. And why the Chiefs didn't use like Isaiah Pacheco more, I don't know. Just a lot of thoughts coming from this game. It's hard to hard to really nail it down. But I think overall, it was just a great team performance by the Lions. And let's highlight the rookies for the Lions. The rookies showed out. I think it's Jack Campbell, right? The rookie linebacker. He played, Iowa, yep. he played really well. Brian Branch, the pick six. Alabama, let's go. And then uh, Jameer Gibbs, hopefully more touches for him in the future. Gibbs is exciting. And this week, uh, we'll talk about this week's matchup with both of our, our teams soon, but but Gibbs is expected to tee off this week against the Seahawks. And with good reason. This was just a small, very small sample size against the Chiefs of what you're going to see in the bigger picture. With Jameer Gibbs as a power running back, super elusive, super short, low center of gravity, goes for those long running yards. And we saw that at Bama after he had transferred from Georgia Tech. And this is all just something that's going to build up to a bigger uh, bigger structure. The one rookie you missed in all this, Sam Laporta. Sam Laporta played a great game and honestly was the pivotal tight end in this whole game. Brock Wright had a couple touches, but Sam Laporta stepped up in a big way with a couple of catches that were needed. I'm going to highlight one name also that you have never heard, but made one of the biggest impact moments of this game. His name is David Phipp. Do you know who David Phipp is? I do not. David Phipp is the Detroit Lions special teams coach. David Phipp deserves a thousand times credit for that fourth and two sneak that Campbell wound up calling out where we basically fake this punt, give it a direct snap to one of our fullback type players. I, I, I don't know who, who was actually playing on that play, but fourth and two sneak for the first down inside Honestly, your own 20 inside your own 20, right? As you're about to punt the ball away. One of the nastiest, weirdest calls you could ever make in that play. It's so Dan Campbell of him to call that. And it's so lions of us to get that first down. No, I love that play. And I think, I don't remember what I was doing, but I think I like looked away for a half second. And then I looked up and I was like, oh my gosh, did they just get a first down? Like I, I missed it completely. It just like happened so fast. And I mean, that that's a difference in the game right there as well. That is a Dan Campbell, you know, classic right there. And that, that was just a really fun game to watch. And I'm really glad the Lions Got that win for you, much deserved, and hopefully it'll you know just translate throughout the rest of the season. But oh, Hope so too. And, and another note too, I think I texted you this. Um, I think Sam Laporta is the next TJ Hawkinson. I don't think that's too crazy to say. Well, I don't think it's too crazy to say, but that's it's my overreaction for what, the week. We're going to do what the media doesn't do and and, and speculate, which. No known understanding of how how the ceiling is, but at Iowa, Iowa is really the tight end producer. They they know how to develop, they know how to grow, they know how to absolutely expand their playbook knowledge as, as tight ends. They they want them to come out of out of Iowa NFL ready, and, and there is no short catalog ranging from guys like Noah Fant all the way up to the George Kittles. You know what I mean? There is an expansive library of tight ends who are absolutely exceeding in the NFL. And it would not, I would not put it past Sam Laporta to be like another Hawkinson, but at a cheaper price tag as a rookie. Fair enough. Agreed. Any final thoughts for the Lions Chiefs week one opening night game? Well, it's a building block, right? Yeah, for sure. Hopefully this is just a massive confidence booster to something that, you know, they have been working towards and, we thought that they could do it. Not many people thought that they could and really living up to the hype of everything that was talked about in the off season. Next up Ravens versus Texans Ravens leave with a 25 to nine win, but unfortunately it's just not the biggest storyline from the game. A lot of injuries, the Raven way Two offensive linemen go out towards the end of the game, their center who is, you know, trending towards being one of the best in the league and their left tackle who. They paid a bag too, and since then he has been on and off the field. Hopefully those guys are only going to be out for like four to six weeks. And then you got Marcus Williams, great free agent pickup last season, defensive back safety. He's out for a very long time, hopefully not the whole season. And then the worst one of all, J.K. Dobbins, it was like the Aaron Rodgers injury. You see him 
get tackled. He pops up. He walks off the field. It seems like there's not quite something right. What are your thoughts here? J.K. Dobbins, I mean, Ravens game, what do you think? Yeah, so so Dobbins won that long-term contract was kind of an impact moment, right? But then you go down with an Achilles injury and, and literally you're a week one. And it's not like he was playing the best game to start. You know, I, as I look at his ratings, uh, on PFF, he was – he was a 53 on offense, which is pretty medium to low production for the game that you have. It's not just him, though. Gus Edwards did not have the great game. Justice Hill didn't have a, a great game either. The, the running back game wasn't the real story. Story was basically all, all the offensive line basically protecting Lamar Jackson at full force because they did an exceptional job. They, they did such a good job of blocking, but, you know, it was also a story of how Lamar couldn't really turn it on. It's a little weird to see him not go the full Lamar force way. And and it was, it was a strange sight. This game as a, as a whole was not a very high rampant offensive production game. It was a lot of defense. So you, you can absolutely attest this to how good Houston's D really kind of tried to play it against you guys, despite giving up a couple touchdowns. And it's also a story of how CJ Stroud did not, perform well in his first real game it's hard to go on the road and, and claim a victory against a, you know against a completely veteran-led team almost um and listen Stroud's struggles are, are early and we'll see what winds up happening with him and, and, and the future Damon Pierce didn't play his, his best game by any means I didn't think that the Texans did anything with Dalton Schultz that I really liked um, and he was supposed to be your impact tight end signing, right? He was supposed to be the immediate impact, big guy for Stroud, right? And that didn't happen. So not a lot of not a lot of liking. I thought Nico Collins did a great job with what he had given to him from Stroud. So on the Texans end, a, a handful of things I liked and a handful of things I disliked. But on the Ravens end, I really wanted more production offensively from Lamar. I think your O-line did a fantastic job with the, with what they had going on for him. Um, and, and defensively, they did a very good job, too. Both teams defended very well. I would give the Texans defense a little credit. I know they let up 25 points, but I think overall they played pretty good. I think in the same breath, Lamar is a little rusty. He did not play at all during the preseason. That offensive line, only one guy played in the preseason, and that's because he was in a in a battle for the starting job. And I think that you could see a different offense out there, and it was for me, it was a lot of fun to watch. It was interesting at times, though. I have like a million thoughts going through my mind. Let me let me start with Lamar. Let me restart and start with Lamar. I agree. He didn't light it up. Week one in the past, he has gone crazy. And this week, 17 to 22, 169 yards with an interception. So he didn't even throw for a touchdown. But at the same time, I think that he threw the ball pretty well. Zay Flowers, nine receptions, 78 yards. You could tell that they were really trying to highlight him. He even had a couple um, like jet sweep running plays. They were great, but you could just tell that they're trying to give him the ball. He made a couple really good catches. And I don't know if you saw the one play. He caught it. He was almost at the first down. And then he just like stopped on a dime. A dude missed. He went and swerved and got a couple more yards. Like he's going to be nasty. And then Odell. The game was going on and the game was going on and Odell wasn't getting targeted. He didn't have a catch yet. And I'm like, we got to get him involved. Like I know how the Odell situation went down in Cleveland and that did not go well. He wasn't getting the ball. It didn't go well. I know he's a new man, but he wants the ball. He made that first catch for a first down and you could see the emotion on his face. Ravens fans went nuts because they knew. And that was, that wasn't until the second half. Um, then he made another big catch over the shoulder. I mean, two defenders on him. So he was two for 37, but he also, it's not going to show up on the stat sheet, but he had two big pass interference calls. They were doubling him a lot out there, and I think it was just tough for him. But overall, I think the wide receivers were played really well. And then Rashad Bateman, three for 35. I think that he'll just get more touches as it goes on. But one of the funniest things that I think happened in this game was Patrick Queen gets a sack on CJ Stroud. I'm texting you immediately. You're the first person I go to and I see the bubbles pop up. You're texting me at the same time. I, I sent his name in all caps. I didn't even spell it right. And I knew we were both thinking the same thing. We were trying to get to each other first. I was just so exciting. Unsung hero of the game for me. Roquan. He is a machine. 11, one, one tackles. 
I think uh, I think Rokon had 15 if you include the sack because he had True. he had because the only reason I knew this was because uh, him and Patrick Queen like broke some. I don't know if it was just a Ravens record or NFL record. They both had they both had 10 plus tackles and a sack. And then Roquan beat Ray Lewis's like week one record of yeah. uh, I think he had. I don't know if you include the sack in this. He either had like 15 tackles and Ray Lewis had 14 or. So, so I actually know it. He had 11 tackles, but he had four assists. Okay. So, so he broke Ray Lewis's like week one record. He, he was just all over the field. He was ready to go. I don't know. I saw this video, the Ravens wire drops tonight. And it was a, it made me think of you because it was Roquan on the sideline. And there's this dude walking on the sideline with smelling salt and he keeps he keeps giving it to Roquan and it was just like I'll have to send you the clip because it was so funny I'd never seen anybody on the Ravens sideline doing smelling salts but it was just overall good game I think obviously our defensive back room is very thin and I think that the defense they let up a lot of yards to a rookie quarterback but overall I think they played good we didn't let up a touchdown the whole game so I think that that's something to improve upon and something to like a positive to look at a good team win. I'm glad we got out of there with a win. Just a lot of injuries that leaves me, you know, with not as an excited, just it leaves me not as excited as I wish I was because of all these injuries. But looking ahead to next week, Ravens play at the Bengals, their first divisional matchup. The Bengals start off two divisional matchups. Obviously last week they played the Browns and they got blown out. I could not believe what I was seeing. Deshaun Watson looked like what we expected Joe Burrow to do. And Joe Burrow looked like he had never played football before. I mean, what do you go for 80 yards or something like that? Will he be able to turn it around this week? They got their first home game now. The Ravens coming off with a lot of injuries, as we just talked about. Bengals are favored in this game, but I think it's going to be a good matchup. I think that the Bengals kind of get the offense going again. What do you see here? I would love to say this is a shootout, but I don't know that it will be. I think there's going to be a lot of QB running. I think Burrow's going to want to try and run as much as he can. And I think Lamar's going to want to try and run as much as he can with, with good intent. I think both of these defenses are among two of the best in the league, arguably. Um, and, and it's no surprise. I mean, you, you guys, as it stands, are pretty much ranked seventh defensively to, to the Bengals 21st, although that does not reflect it based on the awful week one that the Bengals had. They did not come in prepared enough. Burroughs kryptonite is playing the Browns. He, he, I don't think he's won a single game against the Browns in the time he's been their quarterback, at least the starter. He's, he's their kryptonite. And so it's a hard, hard thing to gauge how good Cincinnati's defense is going to be when you've only had one sample game and the sample game was absolutely awful. Do I think that, that it means Burroughs going to have success? I don't know. I don't know. Because that showing didn't look great. And you can't really base the stats off of the 70, 80 passing yards he threw for with no picks, no touchdowns. So you don't know the pool of what you're getting into this season. Either way, it's it's a bad look, right? It's a bad week one look. You don't really know where you stand as a Bengal fan because you're because you're starting the season 0-1. So for starters, that's already a bad enough position to be in, right? Um you know, he he did the assuredly will be back in, in good position things in the media. I don't know. The the Ravens are a fantastic defense and, and they have no problem getting in people's faces. But Burrow also does the very good scramble run, pick up yards. That, that's one of his good traits is being able to run, pick up yards, get down. Um, this is an exciting matchup with the legs. Joe Mixon's gonna gonna obviously want to try and pick up his his play standard from last week. No touchdowns, uh, considering the Browns only had. A, I'm sorry, considering the Bengals only had a field goal. So, no touchdowns for Mixon, but some good yardage while he was there. So, I'm I'm intrigued to see what will happen in terms of of who goes for the most running yards in this game or the most rushing. I'm also intrigued to see how the passing goes. Is Burrow gonna pick it up? Lamar gonna pick it up? Right. That's the, those are the big questions that really need answers. We don't know how these quarterbacks are going to do. Uh, and we don't know if Cincinnati's defense is, is back up to where it should be yet. I agree. I think that Cincinnati's defense lost a couple pieces, so they're probably just trying to figure it out still. But when you look at all the stats, surprisingly, not what I don't, I, I don't think anybody predicted this. The, the Browns just beat them out like handedly. When you look at all these stats, first downs, Bengals had six. Browns had 21. Third down, Bengals were two for 15. It, it just, 
it just is so surprising. I, I'm not even sure what to say, but you know, you talked about the offense, the passing game needs to get going a little bit. T Higgins. I had T Higgins on a fantasy team and just a rough week, zero points. I played mag, man. I, I just, you know, are they going to be able to get this offense going? Ravens, I think pose a threat with their defense, how, how good they are. When you're looking at the numbers, the one thing that might be in the Bengals' favor, I think the Ravens had over 100 yards and penalties. Bengals were only four for 20 yards. So maybe that's a positive for Bengals fans. I don't know. I feel like I'm kind of reaching for that one. But like, can Joe Burrow get back on the, you know, the Joe Burr like winning streak, get this thing turned around? Or is that calf still lingering? And maybe that's a bigger, a bigger deal than we thought. All right. One o'clock kickoff, Ravens, Bengals. What's your prediction here? Yeah, I, uh, the spread suggests that the the Bengals are going to go f- go for the win. I'm going to neglect that. It, it's it's an open spread for starters. I think Lamar is is eager to get get this two and zero start. The Bengals as a whole want this two and zero start. That team defense is still hungry for more. Um, Burrow looks sloppy. Give, give me the Ravens uh, by 21. 21 point lead. I don't know the score, but I'm just going to say they win by twenty one. 21 that is that's a prediction right there that's that's Bengals Brown score that was 21 points right there 24 to 3 actually so okay okay I think that the Ravens I think the Ravens defense keep this thing rolling I think that Joe Burrow improves from what he did last week I think Lamar improves from what he did last week but at the end of the day I have to go Ravens here I think it's going to be, I think the Bengals are going to put a few more points up on the board, but I think it's going to be 17 to 27 in favor of the Ravens. I think the Ravens get up 2-0. Let's transition here to a matchup that we got to see last season that ended up being the determining factor of a playoff spot. The Lions playing the Seahawks last year. The Lions barely, barely, barely lost to the Seahawks, and that ended up being the reason that they did not make the playoffs this season, week two, we already get the rematch. I know the Lions have to be the Lions have to be excited for this. I know the Lions fans have to be excited for this. Give me your thoughts. I'm excited to hear this. Oh, we are. And you missed one of the biggest points. I don't know. I don't even know if I showed you. So CJ Gardner Johnson, as the Lions game is wrapping up, goes on ID Live wearing a Honolulu <laughs> blue ski mask. So uh, as it turns out, Amazon no longer has Honolulu blue ski masks available for sale because Lions fans have bought them. out. No way. No way. Are you serious? There is no of the standard Honolulu blue ski masks. Lions fans on Amazon as it stands today. Yesterday, bought the whole package of Amazon Honolulu blue ski masks out. So that in turn means I think Lions fans are ready for this kind of new bad boy style, rough slam the football down your throat type of play. And it's, and it's no surprise, right? I mean, off the week you just had, you just beat the defending Super Bowl champions. Um, I wouldn't say handily, but you beat them. Um, and now you kind of have this swagger going, right? I think Campbell wants to instill that culture of the players like to run the show. I'm here to back them up and support them however I can. And CJ Gardner-Johnson, man, this intimidating factor of, of bring your ski mask, you know, uh, to, to the game is incredibly, incredibly cool. It's fun to see. You know what? And people who want to neglect it and say it's bad culture, I don't care. Nor do, nor, nor do the Lions themselves care, right? They, they just want to ran the ball down your throat. That's what they love to do. And, and I love this intense football, you know, mentality methodology of of i'm going to be the first person to beat you to the ball that that's just what you want out of a football team right you want you want the team that's going to absolutely pound the other team in the scoreboard and I, and I think that the seahawks game is no different i think they're super excited i have seen everything that supports the claim of the lions are ready to blow the seahawks out of the water just on 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 sheer sheer value of how this first week went the Lions have one of the highest rated offensive lines in all of football when it comes to passing and running. And that should come as no surprise, right? I, I hate to say it, but Goff had a lot of time in the pocket when, when he was playing against the Chiefs. He had a lot of time. And mind you, there are some times where he was pressured and had to get out and, and try and scramble and, and go for yards. But let's face it, this, this run offensive line structure is super, super, super good. 
That that offensive line is one of those. It's going to wind up probably being the best in the entire league. And I'm not just saying that as a Lion fan. It already is one of the best in the league as a whole right now. So I think we are incredibly ready for the Seahawks. And this is, I think, the first real game we're going to see of Jameer Gibbs teeing off. I, I think this is absolutely one of the first times we'll see Montgomery and Gibbs just take take this game over. Take it over. You'll get some golf passing yards too, enough for it to be safe. I don't think he throws a pick. And I think that we find that the rushing takes this game over. I agree. I think it's the week to unleash Gibbs. When you look at what the Seahawks did last week against the Rams when they got blown out 30 to 13, they went for 180 total yards, two for nine on third down. It just wasn't a good week. We saw a great season last year from Geno Smith. And this week we saw 112 yards and one touchdown, which is not what we expected at all. I think that the regression has begun. I think that the hype will start to leave the Seahawks, which I never bought into. And I don't believe you did either. And I think that they're facing a Lions team at a perfect timing. I think that this is perfect timing for them to face the Lions. I think the Lions are ready. I think that they're excited. The Lions are off to 1-0, and they know what this game means. They know what happened last year. I have no doubt. They're playing them at home with the opener. C.J. Gardner-Johnson just brings a different level of like chippiness, excitement, different vibe to the to the locker room just like really i hate using this word but like really a level of swag just you know he's just different and i think that this could be a really big game for the lions i think that lions fans have got to be so excited for this game i'm sure the stadium's sold out i'm sure it's going to be packed it's going to be bumping no i don't be surprised when ford field is the loudest nfl stadium of the weekend don't be surprised this is the first time we've had a season ticket holdout, Tyler. And I'm not kidding you, since 2001. The first time we've had a holdout where people have to wait to receive their season tickets for next season. Because you can't even buy any this year. They're out. They're done. You cannot buy season tickets this year at all. There's a wait line for the first time since 2001. I believe it. A lot of a lot of excitement surrounding the Lions and I, I expect it to continue. I think that the Seahawks are, they have a great secondary, but I think people were talking about like, weren't they talking about the Seahawks becoming like the new, like they were trying to recreate the Legion of Boom. They got torched 334 yards in the air from Matthew Stafford. Cooper Cup's not even out there. 2-2 Atwell goes for over 100 yards. I mean, if you want to recreate the Legion of Boom, this is not the way to do it. And I have... No doubts in Jared Goff. I think that their receivers are studs too. And we haven't we haven't talked about Amon Ra or Reynolds or anybody like that. And you know, I think it's going to be a good game. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I think it could be a high scoring game for the Lions. You gave them a week to get going and play a real game. They got the win. Now that they're ready, I think that you know they just keep ramping this thing up. And I think we continue to see more and more points. No, and, and the Seahawks last year didn't even see a defense this good. Our defense was even weaker, and you saw it. Every other play seemed like it was a Geno Smith or, or a, a running touchdown by the Lions, right? Mm-hmm. It was just back and forth, back and forth. We wound up falling in OT to the to the Seahawks. What was that score, like 50 to 40 or something in a complete shootout? Yeah, it was no, so close. It, it's not going to go that way. The Lions are going to blow the, the Seahawks out of the water. Um, and, and I think that that running game is ready to counter, but but the defense is also ready to punch down on, on, on the Seahawks like the Seahawks haven't seen before. This is this. If you wanted to chalk this up, I, I redact when we talked last this offseason about what the biggest game of the schedule is. This is far none the strongest game on the schedule. Uh, and you you're you were right, Tyler. You were right. This is the biggest game on the schedule. This is the team that ended your chance to make the playoffs last year. And we want no part of them winning in our house. And it's going to be a sold out crowd. It already, I think it already is. I think the, the most um, laxed ticket for like a decent upper kind of second, third row seating of five is um, like $600. That's middle of the road. Pretty okay seat. Okay, it's it's like five hundred to seven hundred dollars. I believe it. There's, I mean, you can't tell me that Lions fans, Lions players that were there last year don't remember how this game went down and 
what this game ended up meaning. The Seahawks made the playoffs last year and the Lions did not. I don't want to, you know, keep rubbing that in, but I think that they remember that. And I think that that's going to go a long way into this game. They're not going to be content with a 10 point win. They're probably not going to be content with a 20 point win. I think that they want to continue to keep their foot on the gas all game. And I think it's going to be a fun watch. Any other thoughts before we get into a little prediction? Kenneth Walker, I, I, I think is going to absolutely get rocked. I think he's going to have an awful game. Hope he does at least. I might be even more excited about this Lions defense than I am about the offense because the defense has so, so, so many good pieces that they're just, it feels like they're complete on every level. So it's going to be a fun to watch. What do you think here score-wise? Yeah, I, I don't think the the Seahawks really stand much of a test uh, for us. I, I think we're going to dominate them offensively and defensively. I think we are war ready to shut Geno Smith down. I, I think we're going to absolutely get to him every chance we have. Hutchinson has that DNA in him that's just Viking, caveman, warrior. If this offensive tackle is ready to block, I'm ready to shed that block in two seconds and just just take Geno Smith's head off. I I will give the Seahawks a little bit of plaudits. I think this game score is going to be something like 35 to 14, 35 to 10. I I I genuinely think we're going to be so pissed that we just let one or two touchdowns go by, but offensively we're not going to keep our gas up, you know, foot off the gas pedal. I'm going 30 to nine. I don't even think you let up a touchdown. I think it's a couple field goals and I think it's going to be a big day. I think it's going to be a big day for the running backs and I think Amon Ra probably sneaks in a touchdown there too. Any final thoughts on, on anything really? Well, I wanted to get a blue ski mask, but I just didn't get it in time. That's crazy. That's a, that's a storyline for the week. It stinks. I didn't get a, I didn't get a blue ski mask and I'm sure I'll have to go to some Chinese bootleg site to find a Honolulu blue ski mask for Sunday. I'm sure somebody's reselling one for like a hundred bucks. Maybe it'll be cool and like grab a white one and like embroider the lions, (laughs) like something lions on it or in it, but the whole game I'll just be wearing it. Right. There you go. I I won't be there because because I don't have five hundred dollars just sitting around, but um, yeah, no, that'd be awesome. Actually, Kaylin's crafty. She'll she'll grab like a just like a home stitching thing. I don't, what what is it called? There there's like this system where it's like a press and it's got a needle and it'll it, not it, not like a hand sewer, but it's some sewing machine. Yeah, like a sewing machine. Almost, yeah, but it's not. I don't know how to define. it. Well, here we are. It is football season. We are officially into it. Week one is in the books. Both of our teams got wins. Both of our friends' teams got... No, one friend's team got blown out. One friend's (laughs) team got a win. So three and one this week for the boys. And kind kind of surprising. Great week to have Cowboys D in fantasy. Yeah. That's all I'll say. Yeah, that won't happen again, but that was crazy. Thank you guys for joining us in another episode of the Sofa Sports Podcast. Until next time.